Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 71 of the Shetty Show, the Shiv and Eddie Show, brought to you live from Chicago, Illinois. No guest today, no sponsor today, but it's okay. We roll forward. Shiv, how was your weekend? And happy uh, Easter. Happy Easter. I like the Jim Nance in your voice there, in that in that intro. I I feel very at peace. I'm, I'm channeling my inner masters today. Yeah. As we watch the masters on the screen in the background. Yep. So currently... Uh, as of the time of this recording, John Rahm's on the 16th hole. He's 12 under, and he's probably going to win the Masters. Phil Mickelson shot 700 today to be in second place right now at 8 under, which is kind of unreal. But um, my guys and our guy in the Tuttle Slam, uh, unfortunately, did not perform to expectations. Uh, Jordan Spieth did not have a good third round, albeit... Weather was out there and making uh, it hard for the players, but he did not get it done. Our other guy, our favorite, Colin Morikawa. There he is. Unfortunately, did not perform to expectation, but it's okay because, to be honest with you, the guy's one major away from winning a career Grand Slam, and he's like our age. Morikawa? He's like maybe two years older to us. That's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, we're getting to that age now where some of these new stars and all these pro leagues are like... Oh, you look at basketball. They graduate, dude, basketball. C.D. Lamb is our age. Like, that's crazy to think about. And this guy's like dominating the NFL. Gonna have an insane career, and Just here we are. Just a completely different life. Completely, man. It is crazy when you think of it that way. Yeah. But I will say, I don't... Uh, I think it's interesting to see... Yeah, like where, where the bigger athletes are going, like the athletes of our generation. Like I think LeBron James, if we're gonna talk about generationally, he might have been the best athlete. You know, you know, when we were growing up, at least in the sports we were watching, you can make an argument Tiger Woods too. When when um you know we were come we were at that age, you know, eight nine years old. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods was at the top of the sport. Ronaldo Messi. Ronaldo Messi, sure. Michael Phelps. Uh, at that time, um, but really, you're talking about those, I think seven people, and it's 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 interesting. It's really interesting to see who the next will be because right now it's. I mean, you have Giannis, yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't know. It does, maybe it's because we're older, yeah, and it's not the same, and the players don't mean the same as what LeBron James and Dwayne Wade did meant when we were nine. But it, uh, it, it, it just feels like it feels like we're still waiting to see the next LeBron James type player. Yeah. In, in multi, in a multi-sport dimension, like, and I don't mean Trevor Lawrence, mm -hmm. right. Very widely talked about widely touted, but it wasn't the same appeal as LeBron James. For sure. Coming out of school. The appeal of Tiger Woods caught on extremely early in his career. People calling these guys the GOATs very early into their career is yeah. what I mean. And uh, I think I don't know who that is. I would 100% agree with you except for one sport, which is the MLB, and that's Shohei Otani. Yeah. I think he's that one guy in this generation who's get already getting classified as, like, he'll be the greatest ever when he hangs it up. I think he might be. I don't 
it, it was unheard of when we were kids to play two positions like that. Yeah. It was like you pitch or you 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 or you hit you yeah. hit and play in the outfield or or any of the diamond positions. Like I, he and I think he got a unique opportunity too. Him and well, I guess Mike Trout's up there. He is. A lot of people like baseball freaks tout him as the greatest ever because he has the highest WAR of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I don't really know if I agree with that. Yeah, just because. He's never won anything. I, I, but the thing is with baseball, though, I, 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 but that I, I'm not disagreeing with you, to be honest with you. I, I just, not that he's not. I'm not a huge baseball geek to know like the top five players of all time and where they rank in war and home runs and all this stuff. But yeah. To me, he's just. He doesn't strike like when I think of Mike Trout, I don't think of incredible superstar. Yeah. Like generational person. And he is in the game of baseball, but it when I like lump in those other names you mentioned earlier, LeBron. Yep. Ronaldo, Messi. Yep. He I don't think he's in that combo. No, I don't I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think I forgot about Mike Trout. To be fair, I forgot about Shoyatani too. But I forgot about Mike Trout. There uh, baseball just, I mean, we stopped watching baseball seriously, both of us a while ago. And I just I I think it's funny that the statistics show that baseball viewership is you know pretty steady, but I don't know many people. You know, Chicago because it's Chicago. There's a lot of Cubs fans, mm-hmm. and they pay attention to the Cubs because the Cubs. But I think that's you don't have Cincinnati Reds fans like that. No, you don't. It's you know? it's it's very big market centered for sure. I think one place though that baseball is absolutely popping off right now is Japan. Yeah. Have you seen videos of like their stadiums when they play in their league over there? It's they go crazy. like packed to the brim. They go crazy. Like it is their NBA. Like they love uh they love baseball there. They've won the WBC the last two times they've had it. Right. So they won four years ago. They won this year again. And guess what? The best player in the league right now is on their team and he's young. He's gonna be there for a while. Yeah. Japan's got a lot of good headwind, dude, for baseball. That but, no, that's huge. I, I I just it's such a weird sport, right? Because like it's so old. Yeah. It's been in the it's technically the first American sport that was professionalized besides boxing. I think so. Um and now the the common like hatred against baseball was that it's too slow. Yep. It's not exciting. It's boring. Not a TikTok sport. No, it's not. But I don't know if you've seen the changes they've made this year with the new pitch clock. Yeah. So you got nine seconds now. Games that used to take three or four hours are taking like two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely sped the game up. And I don't know what it does long term for viewership. Maybe it increases it. Yeah. Maybe it brings more eyes on it. I don't know. I really don't. We got to see. I, I, I think the pitch clock thing was huge because you know what I've seen is the scores are pretty high for April. Normally April, it's slow, mm-hmm. right? It's not as warm out. The ball doesn't travel as far. I'm seeing seven fives and seven sevens and like, whoa, what is this? Dude, the Sox have been getting blown out some They've, they, they, they won today, and I think they put they put up like 13. But yeah, that one game I saw the other day, <laughs> I saw it on TV at a bar. It was like they were losing by like 12. Yeah, the Giants rocked them in that series. Oh, my God. Giants, I think, scored like 16 the first game, 14 second. Our team's terrible, though. Pitching-wise, I agree. I think hitting, we're... We're good, but the problem is you can't pitch. It doesn't matter. No upgrades either. And, I mean, Dylan Cease is good. I like Dylan Cease. Dog. Dog in the streets. Not enough. 
No. And not because he's not good enough. We just need more. We need more talent. We do. That being said, though, we're five and five. We're hanging around. You know, hopefully Hendricks comes back. You told me dude, the other day he rang the bell. That's dude, insane. Huge, huge story, bro. Liam Hendricks should win Man of the Year award. The guy 100%. got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma last year. Um, towards the end of the year, was projected to be out indefinitely because it's cancer, right? He's going through chemo, mm-hmm, radiation, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And he may have a chance to lace up this year. That's crazy. That's man. that's nuts. That's crazy. Dude. That's unreal. How you go through something like that and come back and play professional sports. Yeah. Then you don't come back to your desk job. No. You go pitch go pitch against the best hitters in the in the world. That's crazy, man. It is. And look, I'm not saying he's gonna be even close to what he was. He's the top closer in the game, top five. Hey man, we need him. We do need him. And even if he's a shell of himself, bro, he's still a morale very valuable boost. Guy. Morale boost. Yeah, huge. I huge. yeah, morale boost. He's laced him up. That's that's huge, man. Um, that's that's just so strange, though. That he got cancer. Like, what is, yeah, like it is weird, dude. You don't see many pro athletes that get diagnosed. You know what I mean? I mean, there have been, there have definitely been, but I it's don't. Small. It's very it's, small. You know? Yeah. It's and that's yeah. I just it's very strange. But to to me, bro, the only two that pop into my head besides him were Lance Armstrong. Right. Because he has his entire foundation his whole, and brand. His whole built, brand is built around that. And pretty steroids. much. Yeah. <laughs> we could get into that, too. Um, and then John Michi, the guy who just got drafted on the Houston Texans last year. He was a wide receiver, supposed to be very good. I think they drafted him in the second round. And uh, he got diagnosed with cancer before training camp. So I don't know if you remember in our rookie draft this year, someone took him. And then they found out, like, that same week that he got diagnosed, he was out for the season. But I think he's actually also beat it, and he's preparing to play this year. So, you know, what's funny is that completely went over my head. That whole thing went completely over my head. So I had no idea. Wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, if he ends up coming back, that's... What did we end up doing with that? Who, who drafted so, him? Uh, Nemo or Casio. Okay. But um, they put him on the taxi squad anyway. Yeah. And so now he's got a chance to contribute this year. There we go. Big, big move. There we go. I wanted to get into that Lance Armstrong thing, though. Okay. And I wanted to talk about doping a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And like what you know about it, because from what I know about it, it's definitely enhances performance, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. Like, so it, it depends on the drug. Okay. Do they There's take a, it in pill form or do they shoot? Fantastic like, movie on this okay. on Netflix. Uh, I believe it's called, it's not Hercules, it's it's some Greek name. Oh, man. Um, I'll look it up while I explain this. But the guy who engineered Russia, mm-hmm. when they got banned from the Olympics, I think it was the last Olympics or the Olympics before, they, their whole team got banned because they all got popped. Really? Doping. All of them. The gymnasts, <laughs> the weightlift, everybody. The rut, everybody. The curlers, I'm not even kidding. Prior to the Olympics or after? They've been doing this for years. So don't they have a super strict testing protocol? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes Uh, you can break things. So this was mm. the doctor who, I I don't exactly remember the full story of how this whole thing came about, but basically he was getting pressured by the government to, uh, you know, uh, get players enhanced uh, doping or whatever it is, steroids. Yeah. 
to, you know, get them to pass too at the Olympics because, you know, the culture is very driven to win mm. at all costs. Right, right. So he, long story short, this guy doesn't want to do it anymore and ends up defecting. And so he basically spills all the beans about how he did it. And so in this movie on Netflix, this guy is a biker. And this is the funny part you ask. What is the actual net effect? Well, this is the funny thing that this thing does is it shows you a normal guy's uh, in increase in performance mm -hmm. based on these drugs. So basically he's a... He's he wanted he there was a point in his career where he could have gone pro, but he had too many injuries. But he's generally a fit guy. So this is who we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. He does races, biking races, similar to how Armstrong did them, right? Okay. Just not to the same extent. So basically, you take it in syringe form, and you inject it in like uh, vein, vein, no vein. Like it's very it's okay. very um, barbaric in a way. And yeah, you, you inject it and it's, um, and so basically they had this guy on a cycle and he had the dates and he took his, uh, uh, his pee and they, for, and he sent samples across to, I think, California and like this doctor did it all for him and told him, all right, on this day, you're going to take this much and here's your schedule and you're going to stop at this point and you're going to do, and you're going to, uh, not do it these days. And it was all structured around his race. He ended up passing. And I think what the results were was a 20 or 30% increase in performance. Now, here's where the kicker is. This guy couldn't make to do the Tour de France, right? His time was not good enough. Okay. Because of that increase in performance, he is a top 10 <sighs> racer. Some average guy. Not average, right? So, so I, pro I, I, I may have mistake, misspoke when I said average. Fringe. Okay. Fringe pro. Could have made it. What Everyone's on that level. You know, everyone's there's got a story. All Injuries, right. all that stuff. I don't know, remember exactly. It's been a few years since I've watched it. But uh, he could have been pro. He was on the fringe of being pro. Okay. But it took a fringe pro biker or racer, whatever the term is used. And it took him almost to, you know, competing with some of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So and it kind of dove into how everybody in that industry did it and and all that stuff. So it's very interesting. That's very interesting. So are you telling me that Lance Armstrong wasn't as good a biker as people make him out to be? Or I, is that like is that a stain on his legacy? Now? Icarus is the name. Icarus. Icarus. OK. okay. Uh, no, to be fair with you, I don't I didn't know much about Lance Armstrong until he got popped. I'm serious. I didn't know anything about I, it. Just completely missed me in in my sporting watching career. Hmm. I found out about Lance Armstrong when he went on that interview with Oprah. Damn, really? That was the first time I saw this guy. Okay, I had I had seen inklings of him around just because of the Live Strong thing, so I knew his brand and I knew he was a good biker. Because when Nike sponsors you, they're on everything, right? Like you are, if you're he a cover athlete, yeah. commercial, you're like, your picture's on the wall in the store, like Dick Sporting Goods, you'll see all these athletes that are sponsored. So that's how I knew about him. But I never did any research into biking at all. Mm. Just not my cup of tea. Mm. But that is wild to find out that a guy who's a fringe pro went to a top 10 player 
it, just by using basically and i think i think it was top 10 but it was it was extremely significant yeah, put it that way and that's what 30 percent means and that's the thing when you think about it at the top level right 30 percent is insane because the margins that they're dealing with at the tippy tippy top of any pyramid like that is we're talking half inch margins you know what i mean in yeah. football it's half inch margins so we're talking half percent quarter percent margins is going to get you over the finish line to be first top 10 top 20 top 50 mm. right it, it, it tears so a 30 percent difference is criminal and naturally so yeah right? dude i feel amazing right now <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> dude speaking of injections Shout out my boy Christopher Moltisanti. Oh my God, he's deep in the weeds right now. Chris Moltisanti Chris and Moltisanti uh, the Sopranos. Sopranos. Yeah, so spoilers if you haven't watched The Sopranos, skip to the next segment. Yeah. Um, I'm on the episode right now where Adriana LaServa just got caught up by the FBI. Okay. Um, yeah, she, her little friend. What season are you? Season four, episode two. Okay. So they just arrested her. Oh, you're not for... even, you're not, you're not that far deep yet. No, I'm not. It's it... getting... It's getting there. There's only yeah. one more season, right? There's t So there's three, technically. There's season five, and then season six has, you said, the two it's parts. split, yep. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. But everything's starting to pick up a little bit now. Like, the guys on Soprano's team are starting to get a little wavery with them. Yeah, it's... I, I think it's... I, I have a prediction. <laughs> okay. I think... And don't... No reaction from me. I'm not going to spoil it. I think... Right now, what it's looking like is Tony... Tony's setting up Chris to be his guy. Like, he wants Chris to be the next guy in charge. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the guys in Chris in uh, Tony's circle know that this is going on, and they're getting a little sick of Tony. Really? I think, I think I'm right on this. I, so I don't remember exactly, you know, where each thing is in the line of events, but it. I will definitely say to you, it... There's a lot more turns. Okay. A lot of turns. And that's the thing. That show was so pivotal. It was before Breaking Bad. It was before Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It was before everything. It was the, it was the marker for the hour-long 12-episode series. It was the, the, the new kid on the block in terms of TV shows. And then you had The Wire and all that stuff at the same time, but... Those two shows, really, honestly, The Wire and The Sopranos. I've heard a lot of good things about The Wire, but See, no one talks. Two seasons of The Wire. Okay, no one talks about it in our group or in our circles, though. It's a it's an old show. Wow. It's an old show. It's like it, I think it ended in like oh four oh five. It was like a ninety ninety nine ish show. You know, it's funny. There was an old coworker I used to have, and we were talking about TV shows and how I didn't watch them, and that like blew her mind. Yeah. But I made a comment that I had been really wanting to get into The Sopranos, and this was before I did. And the comment she made was, oh, wait, like, what is that show about? I told her about the mob. And then she asked when it was filmed, and I said, oh, like, late 90s. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I'm not watching that. That's too old. Right. That was, like, her automatic reaction. So that makes a little sense to me that, like, nobody it's, talks about these as much. It's strange, though, because if you watch that show, it's really not that far off. Yeah. Anything no. modern. No. Made, which made the show timeless, but I think it it kind of just shows that, you know, you don't really need the the AI generated faces and the, you know, all the different 
the new stuff that the computers can do. I don't mm-hmm. think you necessarily need that to make a great movie. I think you just need a great ca- plot and characters, just like how I think it's always been. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know, the, it's not to say that the AI-generated faces and the 3D effects aren't don't enhance a movie, but at the core of it, what makes a great movie is what was what was the script? What was the story? The yeah. story is what got you. 100%. You know? The actors, right. how in tune they were with it. Man, some of the best movies I've watched have been low budget. Really? Yeah, and the two that I'll shout out are one, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. That is a timeless movie. It's that a timeless movie. Dude, the budget for that movie, I think it was, I think really? it was like a, yeah, even less than that, maybe a mil or two. Wow. And that movie, people still talk about it. People still watch it. And if you look at it, it's like you could tell it's a low budget movie. Yeah. My uh, my big fat Greek weddings another one. Have you seen that movie? I've not seen that movie. Very funny. Okay. It's a it's another classic comedy that like they had no money to really? film it, but it's a it's incredible. It's one of the one of the best comedies I've ever watched. It's funny though. I will say that even in today's YouTube age, where you you can uh, even in today's YouTube age, where, it, it, where the cost of reaching people and producing content is lower. The cost of producing the highest quality content has, I mean, some of these budgets yeah. are ridiculous. I know. Hundreds and hundreds of millions for a two and a half hour movie. The Marvel movies are the king of that. Oh, they'll run that thing up. Yeah. But they also got, they got a canon of Disney behind them. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy how in, like, how in depth Marvel goes and how in depth it will continue. They have built a machine yeah. and they know it. Unreal machine. And at this point, I think it's less about the story and more just about the numbers that they profit. That's what it is to us because we're done watching those movies. Yeah. So we're just watching. We're watching the. We're watching the earnings report, and we're like, "Dang, they made how much?" <laughs> yeah, man. It it it's a it's a perpetual. It's the power of brand. It's the really the power of brand because they can make a couple bad ones. Dude, they could. And they'll get away with them. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of the brand, man. They And they don't want to do that, but at the same time, no matter what they release, it's going to do big numbers. Mm-hmm. It just is. After everything they've produced before, you're going to get the same crowd that's enjoyed your movies for 10 years. They're going to buy the next ticket. Yeah, that's 100% true. I've been hearing a lot of people talk a lot of smack about the most recent ones, too. I don't know if you've watched any. I haven't seen any. any of them. Okay. None. Probably none. good. Uh, pretty much... That last Avengers, man, that's what did it for me. That was my send off too. That You're was like, my yep. that was my end game as well. Um, <laughs> I was uh, semi retired from those. You know, not not to say that it's just one of those things where it's not just not my cup of tea. You know, mm-hmm. my first movie in a while was Creed three. I thought that was good. Uh, that video that I showed you uh, won't go deep into that but the video i showed him uh was shouting out michael b jordan uh and the fact that this dude directed part of this movie too uh which i want to say is kind of crazy because i didn't think michael b jordan was uh the director type and Mm -hmm. and you know what i thought it was a good movie i didn't think it was it it got it got a lot of praise in the box office not to say that doesn't deserve it i just didn't think it was you know something i'm gonna remember for years and years and years it's not like rockies or, or even the first creed but i thought it was a good movie and uh, the fact that he did take a step and kind of direct in those is is a little like John Favreau, you know, uh, yeah. type type thing in a way. Or uh, um, the guy from uh, Ozark and Arrested Development, uh, Steve Bateman. 
Jason he, Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah. He directed a lot of Ozark episodes. Really? Yeah. Okay. He directed like a good amount of them. Probably about 33% to a half, I would say. He directed those episodes. Are so. you still uh, keeping in touch with that show? That show is over. It's, uh, oh, yeah, it finished? Final, yeah. So it was meant for four and they did four. Perfect. And I'm glad they did that. I'm yeah. glad they didn't drag it out and make it all, you know, at the end of the day too, it's Netflix. There's a very small margin for error. Yeah. Um, you have to draw eyeballs. So... I think four was good, and it'll be like one of those that they re-pop up on your timeline every now and then. Like, hey, you know, it's been a couple years. You want to watch Ozark again? Yeah. And they're like, got him, got him for a week. Watch, and Dude, then you watch them all again. Four to six is like the perfect number for a TV show. Anything more, I think it just gets too convoluted. Too dragged out. Too dragged out, man. Like The Walking Dead was a show that I started watching when I was a kid. And I religiously watched like the first three seasons, probably when I was like 12 to 15. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay. When the mother died is when I was done. Okay, that was early. That was like season two. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, uh, wait, no, never mind. They got to this... Uh, the prison? No, no. So after the prison, because she died in the prison. The governor? The governor. Yeah. That's where I stopped. That's... It got too fake for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if a zombie apocalypse wasn't fake enough... The part where there was like a second government, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. checked out. I just wanted them to survive. <laughs> Dude, that was crazy. Completely fair. I checked out the season after that one. Okay. It, it Basically, the same thing happened in the next season. They just found a new community, and people died. And then I think the next season was they found a new community. And you know what? I played over a thousand hours of the game <laughs> Civilization Five and Six combined. Okay, I can do that on my own. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I think, I don't know what the, the next step for movies is, but I, uh, don't necessarily, it's not necessarily my domain or, uh, anything I've, I've never particularly been an one for the arts, more for music than anything else. Our, our, our guy, Drake. Drizzy. Oh man. The six God. Six, six, six. Bro, this guy is incredible, man. Incredible, man. man. He just doesn't miss. It's, it's hit after hit. I just don't get it. Drops all his league stuff like a true gentleman. Yeah. Man, the guy's a G. Top G. You know, I used to be anti-Drake, too. Really? I Yeah, not anti. I just, there was a phase in high school where a lot of my friends and people who were really close to me at the time were already crowning him. Yeah. And it annoyed me, and it bothered me, and I was like, this guy does not deserve the praise you're giving him. He's not a top five guy. Was the Drake and Future album what did it for you? No, man. It So that drop and then views drop. And I think just because I was trying to be like anti like popular take. So yeah. I was like, no, like there's a ton of guys better than him. And then he dropped Honestly Nevermind and Her Loss and um, the one before Honestly Nevermind. Yeah. Certified Lover Boy. And everything's been a hit. After hit, it, after it has hit, after been hit. even even before even before reviews and um you know what a time to be alive. If you're reading this, it's too late. He, he, well, yeah, he had that, and even before that, he had the motto album. I forgot what that one. Take was care. Called. Take care. Uh, he had the one on the the cover where he's the he. It's his face, and he's in the clouds. Whatever that one's called. Later. I'm not sure the one with over on it. That's thank me later. That was before, um, that was before take care. But see, that's the thing. In that whole era, up until the views albums, part where he really hit the mainstream wave, he had so much hate. Mm -hmm. I remember distinctly sixth, seventh, eighth freshman year of 
you know, my time, there was a 50-50 camp of people that was for Drake and were vehemently against Drake. Do you remember why at the time? <sighs> you know, you, you, you I kind of remember the, the main hate. The main hate for from what I had received because I was a Drake fan was that it was soft music. Yep. And then a couple albums of just straight heat. Yep. And there was no more talk of that. You, you know what I really think skyrocketed him away from that soft label? He drops trophies. Yeah. In a response to like the soft thing. Mm. And remember, trophies was just a heavy hitting, yep. like I'm the shit song. Yep. And then after that, he had his beef with Meek Mill, where he dropped back to back. And he I think that hard, just. Man. After back to back, I think Drake just cemented his legacy. And that's the thing. We're still. We're still so early. I know. In the in the process. It's and like it, 35, bro. You know, I would say the maybe the only one I wasn't too heavy in was Scorpion, but even then, I have like five songs from that album saved yeah. on my phone. You know, and it's a cross and he finds the right area to get into different genres of rap as it evolves. He's a genius, bro. And yeah. a lot of people will like shit on him for hopping on a wave. Like I remember when Drill was coming out. Yeah. London drill, UK drill. Yep, he was on it. He, he was like, okay. He made like a couple songs off a couple of his albums that yep. had that vibe. But he's just a master of marketing, a master of perfecting whatever the sound is. Yep. And making it his. Yep. And he's just, he's just the GOAT. It, I can't argue it anymore. It's one of those things where you can take the good parts, you know, and, and kind of evolve your own game in a way. And I think, I mean... He he's gotten a lot less hate now, so we could, we could talk about him a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit more. But I'll say I'll say Kanye's mu music evolved a, a lot in that way too. We oh, for sure. Old, early Kanye and later Kanye. Same thing with Eminem. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Jay Z. Same thing. Yeah, they've you know, all they've, they've all grown, all evolved. Yeah. If they've actually been around and stuck around, they have evolved their music from the beginning. For sure, it's not been the same. I 100% agree. Kanye's the one, he's in his own category because every album sounds different. Yeah. Like completely. Yeah. And he's he's just a whiz when it comes to that. But yeah. in in Jay-Z's music, like his last album um, with the story of OJ on it, 444. 444, yeah. That one was more like he was kind of just dropping wisdom. Yeah. Talking about personal stuff with him. It wasn't about the streets anymore. Yeah. It wasn't about... All no, the stuff it, he was it, talking it, about it previously. The, it, but that's the thing, too. It makes sense because it's a different vibe. Yeah. The struggles of that life is much, much different. And it was also really great PR. Because mm -hmm. he spun the, the divorce rumor thing. They both just were like, thank you for the attention. Yeah. Fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> You couldn't have asked for better PR. You could I, not. I respect the the business moves that were made in those that year and a half where she dropped her album, he dropped his, that 2017-2018 era, and then he bought a lot of businesses at the time too. Yep. Moved a lot of uh, pieces around. The guy's a chess master. Chess master, man. That's how I'd categorize him as opposed to, oh, greatest musician. He's a chess master. Man. Life comes at you fast. <laughs> um, John Robb just won the Masters. That's awesome. Um, Brooks Kepka went five over, or three, three or five over today. 
not good. But um, I do want to say, if you were in the city of Chicago, it's a good week. It's an incredible week. It's a good to be week. Here. Great Easter weekend. Sunny. It was doom and gloom all week. We got a sunny 65 weekend. We got a sunny 77 week. Uh huh. Oh man, I've been waiting. I was out there at negative four degrees, and I remember standing there was like, I'm waiting for the hot days, bro. And this is the draw of living in this city. People who live in like Miami or Orlando, or people who live in Chicago and say, I wish I lived in Florida. Me. They, right? But they don't. I don't think they understand that we just cherish the summer, the nice weather, like so much more. And when it actually hits, like everybody's in a better mood. Yeah. It's just, it, there's just a different vibe about the city in the summertime. And I, I just think it doesn't happen in places like Florida where it's hot all the time. No, I feel like in the summer it's worse because everyone's complaining about how hot it is. Yeah, exactly. And this is just, we, we just dealt with four or five of the worst months of the year. Cold every day. Yeah. Rainy, snowy. And now look at us. We're back. We are back. Baby. We're back. Ready to and, roll. And that's the thing. The, 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 the feeling in the air is literally different. Bro. It's literally, it's night and day. Night and day. Everybody's outside today. You, you know what I mean? And this whole weekend, everybody's been outside, mm -hmm. walking, you know, talking, happy, and it's, it's just it. It's great to see. It's fantastic. Incredible to see. to see, bro. But you know, as always, I think out here in the city in the in the summer, there's I really don't have any drawbacks. No, I think Chicago was voted one of the top three cities to visit in the summer. Yeah, and I think I 100% agree with that. Completely yeah. biased take, but. You, this is this city. You can do everything you can do in New York and in New York and LA in the summer, yeah. in the summer, and it still has the big city draw, but it's not as tight and packed. It's a, not a, good, as, a good beach day here is, is it's really underrated because you, you can get, you can get that feeling of just laying on a beach. You can do that. You can do that, bro. Squeeze it in, you know, 100%. We, um, I wanted to say, apologize for the no guest the last few weeks. Yeah. I know a lot of people like the guest episodes. Yeah. But listen, it's tough. It, it's a lot harder than it looks to book people because everybody's got their own schedule. Everybody's busy. We're a smaller podcast. Maybe you don't have the reach of some other ones, so people are apprehensive at times to come on. Yeah, and, and we really, realistically, we only record a couple days a week. Mm -hmm. A lot of things going on. So it's, they're coming. They're definitely coming. It's just... It's one of those things where, like you said, man, it's timing. It's 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 just crazy. And and yeah, if we were Rogan recording five days a week, all right, well, it's not really a big deal. But you know, it's not that. It's not that yet, right? So mm -hmm. uh, I think with those, they'll they'll be coming more. It's just a uh, lot of moving parts for sure. I think I've gained so much more of a respect for guys like Rogan who can do like those three hour episodes, man. every single one. And they do them back to back to back. Yeah. Like Rogan records, I don't know if people know this, but Rogan records two to three episodes in a day. Right. So he he treats it almost like a nine to five. He'll bring three guests, three guests on and he'll talk to these three guests for three hours an episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he does them all in a day. He does them all in a day. Yeah. Um, does he like change outfits? I don't, uh, maybe. <laughs> he definitely, I don't know. Pre maybe. I don't know if he's a guy who would do something like that. Some right. people do. But uh, Portnoy was basically breaking it down when he recently went on, and he said it's like a well-oiled machine. He got there, he checked out the place, Rogan gave him a tour. The second they put the headphones on, it started recording, 
and he had a whole list of stuff he wanted to touch on and he'll just keep going and going and going yeah until he hits you know that almost two and a half three hour mark on almost every podcast you very rarely see a joe rogan episode that's less than three hours yeah and usually that means that they're just either super introverted naturally and they don't talk much and he's kind of carrying the episode or, yeah or he just doesn't really like the guest Mm-hmm. And he just wants it to end it quicker. Or it was like Gary Vee's on a schedule and he can only do an hour and a half. It, exactly. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. But usually, man, he has these people like block three off hours. three hours of the day. Yeah. And that, man, that's hard. Especially hard. when they're talking like a lot too, you know? But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how he does it. Then he does UFC and he does archery and he does, I mean. Bro, some, some of our best episodes have been the longest ones, but the longest we've ever done was two and a half. And that was just... We had a great guest on. We were both in a great talking mood. Like, uh, the stars Play aligned. High. Yeah, the stars aligned shout on that Play episode. High. It's a shout-out. Shout-out, D. Gill. I see you working, man. I see you putting up four plates like it's baby weight. Yeah, I saw you had a video on there of you doing uh, hurdles. I was like, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of crazy. No, it is nuts. I really, I, he's one of those guys, I know he's going to make it in, you know, whatever he does. And it's kind of cool to see the progression already from then and now. Like, he's, I know he's posting more now. Yep. He's being a little more vocal. I'm sure the people he's training are a little bit, you know, better athletes. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue to see that. And that's, like, the dopest thing about this podcast is that we have people on who are in the early stages of their career. Right. And it's very underrated because I think a lot of podcasts now these days no, always you only have see, the, you only the best see guests. when they pop off, the, you know? Yeah, exactly. But we're getting the people who have the potential, have the talent, have a dream, but they're just early in their career. They haven't had an opportunity to fully pursue it yet. Yeah, and and you know most of the people we have on are in our age group, twenty three ish years old. You know, rare circumstance if we get uh, a guy like Mbappe, right? Yeah. On where we'll have a twenty three year old who's won the world, but in most cases, you know, none of us have done that yet, and we're we're all getting our feet wet. Mm-hmm. at the same time and uh i think you're right it's really interesting to see once you know once you get your feet wet and everybody starts coming up when you jump in and you come up and you're seeing who's who's coming out of that water really fast and i think that's exactly what we're seeing right now mm-hmm. is everybody's in in that initial jump and now we're seeing who's coming up out of the water and who's coming up the fastest and it's and it to me you know it, it we've talked about this before where it's like you know, we don't put a timeline on things, but like you said, it's extremely special to see people who are shooting out of the water mm-hmm. where we're at right now. And they only have, they're only going to go higher. So I think, I think it is something really special. Yeah. I, I love it. I love this stage of the, of the podcast that we're into. I don't mm-hmm. think we talk about it enough. Um, just the building phase. The man. Gary V grind phase. It, now. Exactly. Like the, and the, the reality of the situation is we do have, I would say a solid tiny fan base. Yeah. Because there are, we're getting the same steady amount of plays on almost every podcast. So our friend group is basically tuning in. Shout out to all of you guys. Love it. But we just have so much room to grow and so much room to continue pushing out content. There's a creating there's, value. There's it's, a big space, man. It's, it's 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 insane. And this dude, the podcast industry is so convoluted. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who have podcasts. Yeah. I don't know how often you see on your TikTok feed, but I'll just be scrolling for you know, 30 minutes, hours sometimes scrolling through TikTok, looking at all these people who have a podcast, who have an opinion, 
who have some sort of value creation for their for the listener and they're doing well yeah and so even though it's such a crowded space i think there's still absolutely room for you know people to come in and take over 100 percent. i'm very interested to see what the the next thing is so. i agree well we've been in the space the tiktokish type space now that was the next thing for it's probably been over a year now mm-hmm. so it's always everything it seems like everything works in two-year life cycles i don't know i agree i'm not saying instagram's not you know huge instagram's still huge but it's it had it had a three-year run where it was the best mm-hmm. you know i think snapchat and our generation had that too for it's sure. not that we don't use snapchat i think we all do right but it had its peak peak yeah so i'll be really interested to see what the next thing is whatever it is i hope we're on it first i hope yeah, we're on man. it before everybody else it'd be and that's that that is the other thing is the people who were there first they got to reap the rewards oh, the yeah. longest I mean, dude, we can talk about all some like some of the big stars now, like the Logan and Jake Pauls of the world, the David Dobricks. All those guys popped off on Vine. A lot of people yeah. forget about that. They started off on Vine making seven-second videos. They popped off there, and then they transitioned into YouTube when YouTube was starting to pop. And off. that's funny because Vine is literally was literally like fifteen seconds, right? Seven. It was seven. Seven seconds video. You had seven seconds to be creative and be funny. Wow. TikTok, you can post, I don't know what the limit Three is. Three minutes. Yeah, it's it's a much longer time. You have so yeah. much more time to work with. You had to be funny in seven seconds on TikTok to get clicks and views. Man. That's or sorry, Vine. That, Vine. That's that's just wild, though. And then, fun, and then you're, like you said, all these guys started there. That thing's gone. It's gone. It doesn't even exist. Relevant. Yeah. Dude, Logan Paul's in the WWE. It's funny. I think Elon Musk said that the value of Twitter is like half of what he paid for it. Like yeah. he said that. Recently, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's you know, I think you have to pay to get your account two factor authenticated now. Have you been getting that message? I have not. No, it was, it was, I just keep hitting skip for now. I, I think they may have just taken it away. Interesting, but I haven't gotten that yet. But he's gonna make it to the point where I think if you even want to post, you might need to pay. Not in and the, uh, and his argument too behind this is that it eliminates the fake bot stuff because it's way less likely that a bot is going to keep paying you seven dollars. That's so fair. You know or, what I mean? Or one of these like uh, burner accounts, meme accounts. A lot less of that too. But I think it has an argument, don't you think? I a hundred percent think so. Even though, even though you know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It does have an argument. It does. Dude, I might be in the camp that it's a good thing for social media. That you have to pay to use it? Yeah, because I just think that there's too many people with opinions on social media. But the argument can be made that that is now a vehicle for the masses. And if you have to pay to enter that, I feel like there's a lot of problems we haven't thought about popping up because of it. Okay. Well, um... Let's go through some. What are well, some of these? What think? I'm saying is, is Free that speech? right? Why do I have to? And you know what I mean. I get it. It's not like you didn't have to pay in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not naive to the fact that you needed to buy a 30 second ad. You still do. Yeah. You need to buy ad space, right? But to the same token, there should be, a, to a degree, an ability to use these platforms for free. Very valid point. Because at this point, it's more than just, it's more than a business. Yeah. 
it's culture. How we communicate. It's more than a business. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. And then then that's why these companies, and I'm not going to get too deep into this part because I'm not too knowledgeable, but that's why they're in front of Congress all the time. Yeah. You know how important these businesses are to our livelihoods now. Yeah. To a larger degree, how important Facebook is to our parents' generation now. Mm-hmm. Smaller businesses. A lot of Small traffic. businesses. Dude, so much traffic's generated by posting stuff on social media now. Like, and only generated from that. Yeah. People, like, the days of hiring a big ad, ad agency to market your stuff are... Well, and you still do that now, but it's different. You, they're, they're making the right Instagram ad. Yeah. They're running... 50 different ads in different markets to see which one's the right fit to run for a big one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different game now. But I think, like you said, yeah, man, you don't... It, the game's changed. The game's definitely changed. 100% changed. There is a recently a state, I believe, in the United States that banned TikTok for people under the age of 18. Really? Yes. I'm going to look it up. It might be a country. This is me just I, running I think, my mouth. Was but it Australia? Let me see. Might have been Australia. Oh, I know what Australia did ban. You'll find this funny. What? I think they banned Prime. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's the reasoning? Something about some, like, I think it's some red tape to do with the fact that their energy drink isn't correctly marketed to people above 18. So like I said, it's a lot of red tape there. Mm, interesting. Uh, and then their regular drink, they, that Prime states that their regular drink is not meant for consumption under the age of 15. Really? That's interesting. Interesting. I've been chugging that stuff. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> That's not good. I don't... I just don't know. I don't know. That's very interesting. Okay, so the state of Utah legislator passed the measure this month despite opposition from tech industry groups and civil liberties experts... It's the first state law in the nation that will prohibit social media services from allowing users under 18 to have accounts without the explicit consent of a parent or guardian. Okay, so you need parent consent. I think that does eliminate a lot of kids, though. It does. And I recently heard something. I don't know if you've heard this. Again, not an expert on this topic, but there have been studies shown that show that usage of social, the usage of social media has caused an increase in depression and anxiety in a lot of young teens. Don't doubt it. And I think it's something that should probably be talked about more. Don't doubt it. I don't I don't know if banning them is the right move. I don't either, but here's my caveat. You remember when we were growing up, it was prior to that time, we didn't have the social media bug and I I didn't I don't remember depression and anxiety numbers being as high as they are now than they were when we were growing up. I mean, it's one of those things where it's hard to comment on because I don't know if it has, I'm not saying social media doesn't have a role to play, Yeah, but it it was coming. Whether we liked it or not, that technology was coming. Right. I don't know what the statistics are on when TVs came out and what happened to us socially when everybody got a TV. Because guess what? There wasn't that good of data collection on those things. That and that and then you start diving into a different topic where you you 
kind of get into some murky waters when you talk about that whole thing because everybody's experience is their own, right? For sure. And you start getting into that. Yeah. But I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong. I don't know. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't really either. There's just some of the things I've heard. And to me, logically, it just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you see a lot of the stuff on social media now. It's promoting the best cars, promoting the insane lifestyle, promoting ultimate luxury. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's not attainable. When was it not doing that, though? I, I, I don't think it was as prevalent early on. Like when Instagram first opened up, people would just post random stuff. Random pictures. Yeah. Like even if you go on LeBron's Instagram from like 2013, like he was eating posting, ice cream. Eating ice cream, breakfast with his kids. Right. It was a lot less now curated. It's, look at my Lambo on right. my private jet. Right. Now it's extremely curated to that. Right. And there's an algorithm that people are trying to chase. And every single, every single social media influencer has a specific way they do things, right? Like even the TikTok videos that you've been editing, right? There's a specific way that the captions go to pop more. Yeah, there, yeah. There's yeah. ways that you can increase engagement on your page. Yeah. By posting. Yeah, I guess things. I guess you're right. People cared a lot less about that stuff. Yeah, I, I just because back then obviously it wasn't a money making new thing that exactly. everybody was on. Yeah. But now it's more of like, okay, it's very curated. You have to have a brand. It has to be specific to a market. It has to attract eyes, and so people are doing the bigger, the bigger, more, 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 and I don't know what that turns into. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, man, but it will be interesting to see. Are we... Uh, to wrap? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you guys for watching. This has been episode number 71 of The Shetty Show, The Shiv and Eddie Show. Follow us on TikTok, IG, at T-H-E-S-H-E-D-D-Y-S-H-O-W. Let us know what you think about it in the comments. We are going to have a bunch of new guests on soon. That is a promise. And Shiv, do you have any final thoughts? I do not. Everybody have a good week. Enjoy the weather.